All right, my man. Um, sweet. Yeah, we just finished this Lifetime movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, think? yeah. Thanks for asking, man. Um, it was cool. I we might have spoken about it since I finished. Um, I my last day I was sick. My last day of shooting, I was sick, which is like common on sets, I suppose. But you know, it took a day. Whole body just shuts down after a while. It's like, (laughs) fuck this. Yeah, because a lot, and I was working at the restaurant on in between days too and stuff. And go in there. You're really living uh, the lifestyle of an actor. You know, this is like classic. Yeah, this is the life setup. Yeah, grinding on my side to pay for my dream um as a waiter as like as a waiter right very much the like this is straight out of rent or something yeah you know um yeah which is something that i wasn't sure i was always gonna have when i was younger i was like if i'm gonna be in show business i'm sure i'm gonna be like an exception which sounds horrible to say but i was like i'm not gonna do the typical actor thing or whatever work as waiter and lo and behold i'm literally as cliche as it gets but, but you're in it. That's what matters. I, I am officially in it. I mean, I'm not skipping any of those steps. And I feel like uh, it does provide valuable material that I'm able to put into stuff that we come up with. But uh, yeah, the last day. Great. Had a lot of big scenes. The only thing is. On two of them, um, two of the scenes, I'm like my close ups. I felt like I kind of spaced out in my shots and that you only get like one take. I could have spoken up and said like, Hey, can I take that again? But I felt like we went too far and I didn't ask for it. And afterwards everyone kind of said, Oh, it was great. It was great. And I was like, and it's just you kicking yourself after you do the shot. Yeah. Just like wondering like, Oh crap. That might've been awkward. That doesn't leave you. Does it? There's still a part of you. That's like, "Mm." I don't, not as much in the classic way of like, oh, you're playing it over in your head over and over, which I was doing, but more just because I know people are going to see this. And like that one scene was like kind of my intro scene as my character. And I really hope it's not awkward as hell. But A, um, so much of it comes gonna... down to the edit too. That's it's something that like a lot of actors, it's like, when you see the edit, you're like, wow, like, damn, I am good. And a lot of it just has to do with how they cut it together. Sometimes you feel like you did great and it turns out awkward. And sometimes you felt awkward and it turns out great. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that was basically it. But it was good. Um, nonetheless, it was fun. Cool. Yeah. You know, I, I think like it's a sign of a true artist. If you have that, like, if you always feel, you know, you're not going to be perfect with every experience. It's like, for me, I get, there's always that one shot for like every single short film. I do every feature during the day. There's always one shot that it's so like, it does, it does keep going over in my head because it's like, yo, like I know I could have done it better, but yeah, go on. Yeah. But if you're doing that, then it just means like you, you do learn from every experience. And I think that it's a good sign if you do, have those moments because it means that you always want to be challenging yourself. You always want to be getting better and like your appetite for the craft and like what your potential 
is just further down the road than where you might necessarily be right now. And that'll just continue to pull you forward and get better. Well, for sure. For sure. As a director and a writer, I could see that it lends itself to kind of having ideas all the time and being able to act on it as an actor. That wasn't happening to me as much in the beginning. I wasn't getting these creative free flowing ideas where I'd be like able to try stuff and everything. Like you said, I do feel like it is a like uh, a measurement of my level that I've gotten better that like what does happen, for instance, on other days, like tangibly, I remember these moments was like I, I did the scene and then after doing it like five times, you do get other ideas and it hits you like the last time you're like, oh, and you get to act on it like you'll have an idea to play a moment a certain way. And I even told my the woman that plays my mom, I'm like, I wish I would have had that idea when it was on my close up. Um, and after, in fact, I remember the thing actually, it was when uh, we're being interrogated in the detective room, me and my mother, and they ask us a question. They asked me a question of like, uh, did you do something? Like, were, were you there with him? And the last time, and it wasn't on me, I, I had the idea of like, Oh, you know, what would be interesting. What would happen in real life is if I like turn instead of just answering it, no, flat out. No, I kind of like look to my mom to be like, uh, no, but also the thought is like the subtext is like, did you though? And like, that just kind of felt right more layered and interesting and real and stuff. And I, I wish I had done it. There's no guarantee that would have been better. Maybe it is kind of cool that I was just like, starting to, yeah, I mean, um, it's like, rough, like, especially as an actor, for me, when I like I have control over the frame of every single take that we do. And it's like we do a different shot or whatever. And it's like um, I can get something that I miss in the wide, in the close. Like when we keep pushing in, I'm like, I suddenly get an idea. I can capture that. And then we cut to that moment. And I'm like, OK, cool. We got coverage of that. So my bases are covered, but if the camera's not on you, when you get that idea, there's something that I haven't thought about before. It's like that extra layer of complexity of making sure you get all the stuff you want. I told my uncle that, and he's like, that's how it always, everyone says that's how it always is, but at least it's a sign that I'm getting those, I'm on the offense. I'm getting that yeah. creative flow in my yep. head as I'm doing it. That's to me, a big sign of that. You're heading Dude, the That's right the right. best fucking feeling as an actor. When you start right. getting those impulses and feeling free enough and chill enough to just go on them, that bro, then you're just fucking playing. Like that's the best feeling in the world. You get to act on it. The director doesn't get to act on it necessarily, but of course the director has that final say and they get to literally call the shots until producers come into play, especially with big network stuff and they get actual yep. creative choices. But yeah, that's why you should always get the final cut. Hard yeah. to when you're starting that, out. That would be interesting to see. Yeah. It is, unless you're doing like your own indie thing or whatever. I mean, my dad fortunately did on Seven Days to Vegas. Thank God. Thank God. How nuts is that? I told you that story about how, you know, he had such disagreements with the director and then they, he literally redid the entire movie on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, yeah. uh, to switch gears, I, I've been doing these shorts every week. And yeah. The one that'll drop on Friday will be my 13th consecutively per week, which means we're past like the first three months, which is insane. I'm really proud of that. Um, Crazy, crazy uh, what happened in this last one. It's like when you have that pressure of 
constantly releasing stuff. You just got to roll with the punches. And if things aren't working out one night, you just got to find a way to shoot something. And so the original idea was working with my sister since I'm home right now. I was working with my sister and my girlfriend to uh, they were the two actresses. And there was a moment in this initial idea. You did it at home? At home, bro. The last like couple shorts have been at home, which have been great because I have access to these locations that I would normally not have access to. Mention that. Inspired by the locations. But do you have any crew or anything? No. Just me. Me and a camcorder. That's it. I'd be curious how those turn out. I mean, I imagine it's a great exercise. It's forcing you to like uh, uh, adjust to everything. It's just me. Yeah. And I feel like also the thing about horror is like, you don't think I love about it is like found footage can be the scariest thing. You just have to know what to put in the frame. And it all comes down to that. I think it is the hardest exercise and it does sharpen like that craft a lot better than if you have a full crew and it's kind of bloated. But anyway, yeah. so the original concept, I go, I didn't write the script, by the way, my producing partner did, his name's Ken. Uh, initial idea, I go into, uh, I'm following in the back of like a truck. And uh, I see these two girls, sister and girlfriend, one goes off into a house, one is like, hey, I'll be right there, I have to go like pick up the booze or whatever. She drives along, I'm supposed to take out this, uh, this chain and strangle her around the neck. She dies. I put her in a box and then I drag the box to the lake and like, and like drop it in the lake. That was the initial idea. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool concept. Right. So we start doing it. Everyone's cool. It's all chill. Um, The location that we had, it's like, there are homes that are surrounding both my sister and girlfriend bailed last minute because they felt like very, and understandably too, man. Cause like situation of me, like getting this, uh, you know, like strangling one of them around the neck out in a public space where people can see worried about like, maybe I would get shot or like something like she could go down if they if people aren't don't know the situation. So whole thing got scrapped. Don't have any actresses anymore. It's just me. And so because it's not me who wrote the script, usually I can just roll with the punches. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, let's, mm-hmm. I'll just come with a new concept. I called the writer up, I was like, listen, like this is a situation. Let's come up with some kind of like POV thing that we can do, bro. The final product for this, I just finished the render like tonight. It is way better than anything that we could have come up with beforehand. And I think it's so dope because like on my channel, we don't have like a POV from an antagonist kind of deal. Like that's, that's what they do in Halloween with Michael Myers. It's like, I think it's a really dope technique. And yeah, we ended up just being the aftermath of me. Like I had a wig, like I put it in the box, like we pretended like a body was inside and it looks really convincing. So it's just another lesson in like, got to roll with the punches. This is the situation and just be flexible about it. And that was like straight up, bro. All I had was a, a flashlight, like a wig, a box and a camcorder, but we knocked it out. I, I really want to see it. That's fascinating. Yeah, drops this Friday. All right, bro. Countdown. Exactly. By the time people see this, it'll be two months out, but (laughs) we're going to catch up one of these. Oh, we're like caught up. No, we're caught up. Uh, We got something to go. We got something to go. You know, the one that dropped last week was like while you were out of town. Yeah, we're a bit out of order, but we got some more. (laughs) 
We're out of order, which I I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that was me this week. Anything else you got going on? I know you finished the Lifetime movie. Have you been writing? You had that project with your dad. What's going on? Dude, a lot's happening. Uh, yeah, we're doing that with my dad. Main thing is value mentality. Some great developments. Um, Please, what's going on? Yeah, I'll dish. Um, we did a photo shoot for it uh, with our buddy, who's a big creative director. He's um, he's actually Sean Mendez's creative director. Yep. And uh, and so we shot with him on film. Uh, my partner Tanner, who's like a you know an actor, but he's been sort of like a like <laughs> Hollywood socialite and big on Instagram since he was like super young and you know kind of a model. Uh, he could be a model if he wanted to, but mm-hmm. extraordinary. He, you know, he's got a foot in fashion. He's smart dude and everything. Very creative and um. And so we shot him, his girlfriend, who's also a great model. And we shot in the Valley and uh, this kid Connor is just like so smart, but afterwards he's like, I don't know if we got anything. Like, it's just like, you know, so, so humble about it. We got the photos today and they're lovely, like fantastic. Yeah. They're sick. Um, And then also I have another photographer that's shooting the, the clothing in the studio so that we have it for the website. Um, and then is there anything else? I mean, basically we're like ready to launch the clothing. I, I've already sold like a couple hats to buddies that were from out of town. Uh, I didn't want to yet, but because we haven't officially launched, but sold them a couple. And, uh, and anyway, we're very excited. Can't wait, bro. It's really exciting. The official launch. You've got to announce launch. it when it comes. Oh, you know, we'll get that plug. That'll be three months out of order. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hit three months later. It's exciting, bro. Um, a development that I found this week that I wanted to share is, yeah. uh, you know, I've always like on this podcast, I've been like, I'm writing now. I'm not writing now. I've struggled with that. Like as a director, like do you just focus on the writing or do you just focus on the directing or do you also write? And um, I'm writing again. And the reason why is I realize right now I'm working on the fisherman feature, which is like, it's a spinoff of the fisherman short film. I'm doing six pages a day, um, which like usually takes me a couple of hours. Uh, so each page is roughly like 20 minutes. And dude, when it comes to writing, I feel like as a director or even a writer or an actor, if you're consistently writing, I think that that gives you the best leverage against people that like in the industry, basically. So like when you're, when you're thinking about like yourself as a creative and the power that you have, I Mm -hmm. feel like, because dude, I a hundred percent believe that writing the craft of writing is harder than anything else that you can do. I think it's harder than acting definitely directing like Mm. anything in the industry actually sitting down. And like, if you're truly consistently pumping out pages every day, I believe like if you have that in your back pocket and you're constantly writing scripts, that is the most amount of leverage that you can have as a creative. So like if you're, you know, if you're going into a meeting, for example, 
and something doesn't work out, or if you're working on a project and it's not really working out as much as you'd like. And, you know, for example, like the whole final cut thing that we just talked about, like if, like, let's say I'm on a a project where I don't get final cut, Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with that. It's easy to feel like the project that you're in is like your whole world. Yeah. And if it's not going well, it's kind of feels like you, you start doubting yourself and the industry and all that shit. But if you're constantly writing product and you always have stuff in your back pocket, it's like, that's always potential for like what you can be making in the future. And I think that's a really strong thing to have in your corner. And so for me, it's like, I've now made a commitment to myself where I'm like, I know like, like directors can be replaced any time of day, but I know if I'm constantly writing scripts, it's like, if something doesn't work out, I'm going to have five scripts in my back pocket where I'm like, yeah, dude, I can be like, yo, I can turn around and be like, yo, let me hit up this investor or this producer or this, you know, as long as you have a really dope script, the more we climb up into this industry, the more potential we have of like, and the more impressive it is to be like, yo, this is what else I got. Yeah, so that's how not, I feel. Not easy. I, these guys, how to, how to write films for money. Damn, bro. You just <laughs> whipped that shit out. I know. You're ready, bro. <laughs> because I literally keep it on my desk. Like, it's so inspiring to me. By yeah. Thomas Lennon and uh, Robert Ben Garrett. I don't know how you say his last name, but they're the guys that made Reno 911 and they do all these movies and they're also actors and they're incredible. But they talk about, they try to make writing as fun as possible. Obviously they're doing comedies, but they write a bunch of huge studio comedies. A lot of them that become after there's so many chefs in the kitchen, horrible, but they're always writing. They're always writing. And I mean, for what it's worth, I've been talking about my dad a lot lately, but he's always coming up with stuff too always coming up with stuff. And that's really the only guarantee you got. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, you can be on a project. The funding pulls through last minute. You're like, I'm fucked. No, you're not fucked. If you've been writing every day, you have so many more projects that are ready to go. And I think the reason why that gives you so much leverage is because it's really hard to do. And that's something that's why most people don't do it. It's hard as fuck, dude. Truly, like, I think it's easy to talk about writing and talk about ideas and kind of mull things over and be like, yeah, that could be kind of cool. Like, I'm really guilty about just like telling my producer, like, yo, like, this is an idea that we could do. I'm way more guilty of that than of like finishing a script and being like, yo, here's a 90 page script. And that's the direction that I want to go now because that is, it just puts you in a different level even people at the highest level that we admire they're not doing this so that's it i think i think even for what it's worth like the three ideas that my dad and i've talked about doing lately that he kind of like forgets about in two seconds and we go on to something different if i had like if we discussed that and then i went back and came up with like a five page outline or something even quickly with like a couple descriptions a couple dialogue in each thing or whatever he he would probably jump at it a lot quicker, you know. If yeah. you have it so hard to turn down, because when you come up with that material too, then it gets the other person's wheels. Yes, dude. Turning, even if they don't like it, um, it's always valuable to write, dude. There are there are costume designers and there are like creature effects people 
who are just looking for a great script. It's like, I think everyone in Hollywood, dude, it always comes back to the script. I think that's so true. What you're saying about like people will put their own spin or their own idea on it or whatever. And it does make it a concrete thing. If you can finish something, anyone can have an idea and it's so easy to just have an idea, but it's so fucking hard to sit down and just crush it. Um, I was just listening to the Dana Carvey, David Spade podcast, fly on the wall. They had Adam Sandler on. Have you still not listened to this podcast at all yet? No. I think it's the best podcast in show business. Better than Always Sunny? Better now, for sure. It's Always Sunny one for me now. Have you been listening to all the episodes? Not lately. Yeah, it's uh, it's got its moments that are super fun. And like I like them a lot, but this one's way better. Uh, they, they had Adam Sandler on this past week. And... Uh, really get into his whole saturday night live background and like how he came up and it's so fun to hear him kind of like shoot the shit with david spade and then also someone who he like idolized which is dana carvey but mm-hmm. he just the long story of that is just to bring up that he talks about the safety brothers which he always kind of bows down to now because he's like he's getting so much credit for doing this dramatic stuff so of course he's got to give credit to these guys who gave him a big chance with that um with that movie that he just did I always forget the title. Um, but uh, Spade, Spade's brother, I guess, was writing something with the Safdie brothers like 12 years ago. And they, they, I guess they were thrown around the idea of that movie then. What's it called? The uh, Where Adam Sandler plays a like hustler. I, I actually I know, never saw it. It's the one about uh, the diamond. People are going to be screaming at their. They're always screaming high. in the movie. No, I mean, people are going to be like pissed. The audience is not like, what the fuck? How do you not know? It's yeah, um, they don't dude, it's something about right. a diamond. I'll find it, but continue. <laughs> something to do with diamonds. You're so right. It's like a diamond salesman. Uh, it's just, I saw their other movie, Good Time. Dude, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Maybe Gem, the- but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, so, uh, but yeah, they were trying to get their movie made 12 years ago, Uncut Gems. Now they're the biggest things in Hollywood. Um, yeah. And, and you know what, dude? Because one other thing hit, one of their things hit, they, I'm sure, have so many projects that they've already written. In the pipeline. Exactly. And you just got to be fucking ready for that, dude. And And I feel like I've finally gotten to the place Bro, it took me eight scripts. I feel like I've finally gotten to the place where I'm now a confident screenwriter, where I know that if I put my mind to something, it's going to be this cohesive, streamlined, effective script. It takes a lot to get to that point. But, um, and that's why I, I wanted to give it up because it's like, it takes so much fucking time. And you're like, damn, like, I'm, you know, it's not even good. And like, I've put so much, so many hours into this thing. But dude, I think it is like the most important thing you can do yeah i think something good comes from it even when you can't see it Mm -hmm. oh show um yeah we're also developing the british show still you know my my writing partner has gone back on it and like written rewritten a ton of stuff and then he comes to me and i watch him like perform the whole thing (laughs) and uh gets me thinking again but we're at a funny place of that too i don't know it's not that exciting you go through phases. How do you feel about like, like on your end, you got so much shit going on. You've got, you know, <laughs> you got all your waiting stuff. I do. 
you got all your, you know, you got like three projects that you're juggling. You've got obviously this clothing line. How do you feel in terms of fitting in your own stuff? Like, I know you're resonating with the stuff that I'm saying, but I'm just curious on your end, how would you, are you even thinking about wrapping your mind around like dedicating yourself to pages or do you just not think it's like a good time for that? Um, I'll tell you, I think, uh, that generally for me writing down my comedy material is so important. Um, and I was listening to their podcast again and they just point out that like every time something funny happens, you got to write it down. I've been bad about that lately. A lot of times, cause in the moment too, especially if it's like from a group text that my friends are saying, I will like think like, Oh, it's funny, but maybe just for that subjective audience. And I don't know if it'll, it'll translate, but you got to write it down because later when you look back at it, you'll, you'll get an idea for something from right. that. That's how it works, especially for comedy. And, uh, and then obviously for serious stuff too, whether you see something in the newspaper or something, you write it down and then maybe that'll inspire it. horror. I imagine the same thing. You see a murder case or something, maybe that inspires it. But yeah. So for me, yeah, I've just been slacking lately with that. And, uh, and then as far as writing pages, I know at a certain point that is going to be my lifestyle and mm-hmm. I've gone through phases of that already. Yeah. And- it's always about, you know, there are periods where you're like, yeah, like I'm fucking on it. And then just, yeah. you know, life gets, I know I'll get back to it. I genuinely know I'll get back to it. It's just not yeah. the case right now. Totally. Dude. I feel, um, I am the, I, I consider myself like the naturally, this is like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan says he's like the laziest, like person in terms of like going to the gym but he still does it like he's like the laziest bodybuilder that there is because he really doesn't he doesn't ever want to do it i'm like bro i'm so miserable when i'm sitting down to write like there are periods of it's not like throughout i hate it that otherwise i wouldn't do it uh throughout when i'm actually in it i start getting in the flow like when you're acting and you get in that flow of like having ideas and stuff there are these periods where it's like pure bliss but the totally. only way that i can get to that point is by sitting my ass down and going through the shit and that bro i hate that process and i know everyone hates it i'm not like you know unique in that but right. bro it's so miserable but i fucking do it and i've only been doing this like i'm talking like i've been doing this forever i've right. been doing this six pages a day thing for three days i'm at 18 pages now but i've kept at it every day three days and I'm going to like, I have the intention to carry it forward, but dude, just cause you don't like doing it. It's like, you still got I mean, grass down. Honestly, honestly, I don't think it is much different that I've been thinking about that a lot lately, like going in for work at my restaurant job every single time. You're just like, fuck, <laughs> literally yeah. every single time. My friends are always doing something. I go in, I'm always tired. People, it's just always takes to get used to. Like literally, I looked to the other food runner yesterday, and there's nothing to do. Is slow, and he's just like, and he's trying to find stuff to do because you're like stressed because you can't look like you're doing nothing, and there's nothing to do. And he literally goes, he's like, "This is miserable, man." He looks at me like he's genuinely dying on the inside, and I'm like, "Yeah, this fucking sucks." And I, and then like the day before, I looked at the bartender or the bar back, and she's like hungover shit, and she's like, "This is." I think that's worse. <laughs> I think that's worse. But it's just like pick your poison, you know? Like I don't pick know. your poison, pick your bucket of shit. 
you know, at least, at least the fruits of our labor is like, you get to see something before your eyes that you're, you know, birthing, yeah. creating, yeah. potentially working with talented people and doing your dream. Like this other stuff, you make a not much money and is really it's just shit, dude. You can go down the list. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, you know, it, people make it look flawless. When you see a finished film, you're like, damn, like, wow. Like they just put it together. Or if people see my channel, they might be just be like, yo, like just throws this shit together. Oh, man. Like, it's so yeah. flawless, bro. It is like, even my, like the YouTube channel is probably 60% misery, but I do it because of the 40% that I love. And dude, having this final, like, I'm in a really good mood tonight because I have this finished rendered thing. But bro, there were so many stages, even just talking about this one short that was so miserable. But it's like, that's why most people don't do this shit. Most people don't write. Most people don't act and direct because like the actual reality of doing it is like, you just got to push past that wall. And that takes discipline. Yeah. It does take discipline. Acting to the same thing, memorizing lines kind of sucks. Yeah. It's a task. Um, anyway, that being said though, have you, have you been watching anything good lately? You start. I know I have, but you start. I, I've been watching something noteworthy, in my opinion. The new Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. Are you yeah. aware that this is out? Have you seen I'm not aware. marketing for it? Nope. Oh, it's everywhere. Um, yeah, it's like a big thing. Now in this whole Star Wars universe, which I haven't really been a fan of lately, um, they're doing a big return to Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's him like after the the like the the one where Anakin Skywalker fully becomes Darth Vader. Um, and funny enough, my opinion on Star Wars in general is like objectively flawed. I didn't like the ones that everyone thinks were so good. The the originals, I, I don't like them. I think that the Luke Skywalker is annoying. I think humbly, R.I.P. Carrie Fisher is annoying. I like her in other stuff, but I think Princess Leia was a little annoying. <laughs> and then i thought han solo was pretty badass the original one harrison ford other than that whatever i'm not the biggest star wars guy but i think the the newer ones the phantom menace attack of the clones and the third one revenge of the sith i think those are pretty epic and those are objectively considered like the worst things ever and i just think they're pretty badass i think the villain in the first one darth maul was creepy Dude, I agree because I wasn't a Star Wars kid either. But like the one movie that I really like kind of latched onto was that Darth Maul guy. And people hated that movie. Intense. They hate it. It was like Jar Jar Binks a little bit threw people off. I guess it was And I guess I don't really blame him. That being said, dude, you gotta you gotta incorporate that somehow in your comedy in your stand-up. He's like an easy one to do, I think. A lot of people do. Nonetheless. This new show, it's formulaic, it's obvious, it's cliche. I was just talking to my buddy about it, but I think it's kind of fun. Ewan McGregor, it gets straight to the point. Mm. It's, you know, it's good uh, popcorn fun. Anyway, that's my piece. I recommend it, kind of. Good to know, bro. Sure. Um, good to know. I uh, The thing I watched was, and I'm going to power through, we have like two minutes oh, left of this free yeah. Zoom. But oh, yeah. you ever seen Nonstop with Liam Neeson? Of course. What an epic fucking film wait no no no. i haven't seen nonstop i've heard of nonstop how dope it is bro what an absolutely legendary film damn bro liam neeson on a plane yes 
I am all, not trying all you to need to say. this plane. I'm trying to save it. Exactly. What a legendary line. What a legendary guy. I don't care if Liam Neeson is on a plane, on a train. Saving. Saving the world. Saving the world. Saving our hearts. Bro, it's like that was one of the most fun films that I've seen lately. By the way, um, and something about that too, it's crazy, dude. From a directing standpoint, they did such a good job on on an airplane set and making it interesting with all these camera moves. It was so intricate and so well-planned beforehand. Like you can't improvise that shit the way that they shot it. And so that's a really good note for me in terms of like the prep that goes into it beforehand. Yeah, I don't care what you're telling your story through. You got to make it compelling, different authentic heartfelt Mm -hmm. and like you said a lot of those commercial films that did really well don't take the artistry away from these guys that turned you're right a a plane setting and made it cinematic and fun and like i in some capacity made you want to be there uh who directed that do you know same guy who directed uh unknown with liam neeson no i'm blanking on his name it's his french director but uh interesting yeah We'll include that in the show notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of notes. Mission Impossible trailer looks dope, too. Or Top Gun, you mean? Mission Impossible. There's a new 